0: Hey everybody, I hope you're doing well today. It is Wednesday, July 14th. It is 10.30 a.m., and we are studying the book of Hebrews. That's right, we are back to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 2, just an outstanding chapter, lots of great stuff in there, and some more good stuff uh, in Hebrews chapter 3. So let's just jump right in. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Therefore... Brothers and sisters, holy partners in a heavenly calling, consider that Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Yet Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. Okay, so Jesus and Moses. Why is it important to put Jesus and Moses together? Well, again, this letter sermon essay whatever it is that hebrews is it is written to the hebrews the israelites it's written to the jewish people the jewish people who have become christians the jewish people that the writer is hoping will become christians and for the jewish people they had a very high regard for moses the ancient rabbis considered moses the greatest human being to ever live and so uh moses was like greater than the angels so The writer of Hebrews isn't criticizing Moses. He's not saying that Moses wasn't terrific and great and all that stuff, but he is saying saying Jesus is above Moses. So, interesting thing to consider. Who do you believe is the greatest human being to ever live? Who's the greatest human being to ever live, as the rabbis taught about Moses? Well, I would say Jesus, right? But if we say apart from Jesus, who is the greatest human being to ever live? It's an interesting question. Uh, Who would you say? How would you answer that question? Who is the greatest human being to ever live? I'm sure that we would all answer it differently, uh, but I think it's an interesting question. So why was Moses so great? Well, Moses was great because he was a leader and in his leadership, he showed faithfulness. He showed faithfulness to God in all things. God God called him and sent him to the Israelites and uh, had Moses lead the people out of Egypt into the promised land or through the wilderness and to the promised land. He didn't actually get to go in, but he was a servant of God. Even if he was um, not enthusiastic in the beginning, he didn't want to do it. uh, He did all these things, so he was a servant. And as the writer says here, he was faithful in all God's house. So um, he was faithful in God's house but, but, meaning his life, the world, right, creation, but he is less than Jesus because Jesus is the one in whom all things were created. So the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. That's what the writer says. That's the verse three, Uh, which is an interesting thought, but is that still true, right? The builder has more honor than the house. So, are we, are we as important as the things we create? That's an interesting question specifically for me right now because a couple weeks ago I sent out a tweet and this tweet has been viewed millions of times. I had a viral tweet. Has nothing, if I were to have a viral tweet, I would wish that it had something to do like with this podcast or with the sermon I gave, but that's not it. I was playing golf and I found a golf ball and it was Tom Brady's golf ball and I just tweeted, hey, Tom Brady, we're a couple holes behind you. Do you want your golf ball back? And this tweet got blown up. I mean, it's, it's articles were written about it. It was shown on TV, uh, and it's weird because, like, as this tweet was blowing up, as millions of people were looking at it, um, nothing changed in my life, right? Like, nobody called me and asked me to like interview me for a uh, an article or you know for to be on TV, nothing like that. But the tweet was on TV. And so this thing that I created, this picture that I took and this tweet that I created, was far more famous than I'll ever be, which I thought is interesting. So is that still true? Is it still true that the one who creates is more honorable than the thing that is created? It should be true, but in today's world, is it? In today's world, is it? Uh, I, I think it's something that we as people of faith need to be sure to say, you know, that the people, the people are what is more honorable than the thing right we tend to elevate things above people but yet it is the people themselves who are worth more and and more honorable so jesus is more uh worth more esteem worth more honor than than moses even though moses was a wonderful person okay verse 6 christ however was faithful over god's house as a son and we are his house if we hold firm the confidence and the pride that belongs to hope so so Christ was faithful over God's house as a son, not as one who was created like Moses was created. And we are his house if we hold firm the confidence and pride that belong to hope. So like Moses, we are a part of Jesus's household. We are a part of all the creation that Jesus made. We are a part of what Jesus is doing, of God's kingdom, of God's plan for all of humanity. And we we remain a part of that if we cling to our hope. The confidence and pride that belong to hope. So how do we do that? Well, confidence and pride. And interesting, two interesting things to say about faith, like uh, how uh, how is it that you show your faith? How is it that you show your hope? Well, with confidence and pride. What does that mean? Confidence and pride. Confidence means that you don't give up, right? Confidence is, yeah, there's, there, there's nothing that's gonna make me think that this, isn't true. I am so confident in my hope that nothing is going to make me think that it isn't true. I am so confident that this is true, that nothing's going to make me believe that it's not, that nothing's going to make me believe that it's a lie. Uh, so, you know, the world is going to try to take away our confidence. It's going to try to take away our confidence in God. It's going to try to take away our confidence in our hope. But that's why recently I've been starting to think that faith is more than just a belief. It's a conviction, it's a conviction that says, this is true and there's nothing that's going to make me think that it's not true, right? And so you know, I am confident in my hope more so uh, now than I've ever been in my life. Uh, and and I hope that my confidence continues to grow as I continue to grow older and to continue to grow through life. So confidence and pride that belongs to hope. So pride. Well, pride is kind of a weird word because we often talk about pride and context of it being a sin, but, but what are you so excited about that you want to share it with others, right? What are you so proud of? What are you so excited that you're, that you just love to talk about it with others? A couple months ago, our church council gathered and, and I began with a devotion and I just asked everyone to go around and say something positive, say something they're excited about, say something good going on in their lives. And, and it took a minute because people, uh, people weren't sure what to share. When I asked you to say, tell me something good going on in your life. Can you come up with something? Can you, do you have something right off the top of your mind that you could say, well, this is really good. This is good. I, I want to share this, right? I mean, what are some things that people are just really quick to share? I mean, I had a really hard time thinking of what... The, the only thing I really came up with is, you know, people are really excited. And gosh, man we're so excited for them when, when they're declared cancer-free. All right? when they've when they've overcome a disease, when they've overcome an infection, right when they when they feel better, when they when they've battled courageously, when they've gone through chemotherapy, when they've done all the things they need to do, and now they are declared well. Uh, and that is you know that's something that that we should say talk about with pride, right? But what are some other things in life that we talk about with pride? I mean, our children, our work, I just got a promotion, you know. But we don't want to come across as bragging, but at the same time. Uh, you know, we're, we're proud of things. Well, well we can be proud of our hope because our hope was in Christ Jesus. And it's because of what Christ Jesus has done. It's not because of what we have done. And so confidence and pride that belong to hope. And so as we go through life and have this hope in Jesus, are we confident in it? And are we proud enough? of? Do we have enough pride in it that we are excited to share it with others? So confidence and pride. Interesting thought there. Uh, okay, Verses 12 and 13. Take care, brothers and sisters, that none of you may have an evil, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but exhort one another every day, as long it is called today, so that none of you may have be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Okay, so uh, uh, warning about unbelief. So what is unbelief? What is unbelief? Is it it a hardening of the heart, as the, the scriptures say, that, that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart? Uh, or is it something else? Is it, choosing to, uh, is it choosing to say no to God, right? Is it choosing to say no uh, to God's grace, to God's love, to God's desire to be in relationship with you? Um, William Newell said, unbelief is not inability to understand, but unwillingness to trust. Is that what it is? We are unwilling to trust God. Is that how we define unbelief? Uh, so there's those who don't believe, right? Don't believe that Jesus was the Savior, that don't believe that Jesus was God. Um, is that what we should be worried about? Is that something that God is angered by? Or is it unbelief that's, that is in opposition to, to the Christian church, right? There's unbelief, just, nah, I just don't believe it. And then there's unbelief that I'm going to do everything I can to, to oppose what the church is doing. To oppose what Jesus is doing. To oppose what the Spirit is doing. I'm going to try as hard as I can to stop what God is doing. Is that, is that what the unbelief here, uh, unbelief that the writer is talking about? Um, I would say probably more so it's that. It's that. Uh, just my guess, but that's what I would say. Uh, and then it says exhort one another daily. Exhort one another daily daily. Uh, So one way, right, one way to uh, curb the unbelief, to to make ourselves safe from unbelief is to encourage one another. Encourage one another in faith. Encourage one another in hope. Encourage one another in following God. Encourage one another. Uh, That's exhort. Seriously encourage, strongly encourage right? And we are called to do that for one another, to strongly encourage each other in our lives as disciples. Now, is that something we take seriously? Do we seriously understand our life that as we live, we are responsible for encouraging others daily, daily, as long as today is today, we are responsible for encouraging one another and for allowing others to encourage us. I think that's an important part of it. Allowing others to incur, be open to the encouragement of others and be willing to give encouragement to others. It's easy to criticize others. It's easy to judge others, but it's hard to encourage others. How, how do we encourage others? You know, how, uh, I, don't, I mean, that's a tough one. How, how do we encourage others in the faith? How do we encourage others to remain steadfast? How do we encourage others to, to, to fight the unbelief that, that, that comes our way? How do we encourage others? I would say the majority of people think that um, it's okay to be a, a good Christian. You can be a good Christian without attending church, right? You can be a good Christian, not attend church. A lot of people believe that. And in many ways, it's probably true. But, but if you don't attend a church, if you're not in a f- Christian community, where do you find encouragement? How do you encourage others? And, and I guess if you are a member of a Christian community, if you do attend church, do you get encouragement from going to that church? Do you encourage others? I mean, that is part of what it means to be in community with one another, to be in part of a Christian community with one another, to figure out ways to daily encourage one another, to remain confident and proud of our hope. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's something to think about, and probably so. You know, not something we see or, or have ever thought of really about what it means to be part of a community of faith is that, you know, we are there to encourage one another. And how do we do that? And how do we find encouragement if we're not a part of a community? Okay. End of the chapter verses 16 through 19. Now who were they who heard and yet were rebellious? Was it not all those who left Egypt under the leadership of Moses, but with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not those who sinned whose bodies fell in the wilderness And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, if not to those who were disobedient, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Okay. So basically the next major subject, the the transition here is happening, where the next major subject in the book of Hebrews is going to be entering rest. Um, And so the next chapter is going to spend much more time detailing uh, what what that means, entering rest. But here... uh, here the question is, who gets to enter rest? Who gets to enter rest? Which, to me, is heaven, right? It's, it's the place we go after we die. Who gets to enter? Uh, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. That's what verse 19 says. Um, now, verse 18 says, And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, if not to those who were disobedient? Uh, and the, we're tempted to think that disobedience... Those who are disobedient uh, will never enter rest. Um, But but the unbelief comes first. The unbelief comes first, and the unbelief is the important part Uh, because after after you reach the point of unbelief, then disobedience comes in, and then all that other stuff happens. We can be disobedient and believe, and we don't have to worry about our disobedience as far as getting into heaven or not because we are saved by grace through our faith. And so as long as we believe, we are good. But the moment that we start to... Un, stop believing, and then our disobedience, you know, if we, if we don't believe that God has forgiven us and we don't care, you know, that that whether God thinks we are righteous or not because we don't believe that there is a God or that God is loving or all those things, well, then that's the disobedience that we're talking about here. Uh, so, uh, you know, how does disobedience start in our life? Well, you know, it—I it, I think we— <laughs> It starts with temptation, right? It starts with being pulled away. But as long as we remain steadfast in, in what we believe, uh, steadfast in our confidence and faith and hope, um, you know, and trust in God, then, you know, our, our disobedience doesn't count against us. Uh, but once we reach that point where we stop believing, if we ever reach that point where we stop believing and say, you know, th- th- that that brings in a whole nother line of questions. Uh, but uh, we're going to spend more time talking about that in Hebrews chapter 4. But... um just one last thought here uh, as we talk about belief and unbelief what must we believe what is that thing that we must believe well i mean for us our belief centers on jesus christ right our belief centers on jesus christ uh, who is uh, the son of god who is god incarnate who is fully human fully divine who who was born um uh, you know entered into humanity be- took on our flesh uh, you know dwelt among us Died for us, rose again, ascended into heaven, and sent the Holy Spirit so that we might have um, God with us for strength, uh, for guidance, uh, for, for, to give us faith and, and all those things. So it's Jesus Christ, who He is, what He did for us. Uh, that's, that's the belief, right? We believe who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and that's all we need. That's all we need, because through faith, God has uh, through grace, through our faith and God's grace. We have all that we need uh, to enter into rest, Uh, his rest anyway. So, um, okay, we will close there. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me today, for making time for this. And uh, uh, we will close with a word of prayer. Good and gracious God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you so much for uh, being who you are and for all that you've done for us. Guide us through life. Uh, Help us to have confidence and trust in you. Uh, Help us to uh, be proud of all that you have done for us and be willing to share that with others. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day, and I will see you soon.